Trash. Trash. Um, so you're in you're in upstate New York. Is that is that where you're you're at right now? I'm from upstate New okay. York. I live just north of New York City okay. in Westchester. Westchester. So we don't consider it upstate, ah. except for maybe people in Brooklyn consider this upstate. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I grew up in Binghamton, which is actual upstate. Okay. So all right, we all right. have to have a clear difference. <laughs> so, so you didn't get all that snow that Buffalo got then? I was just thinking Buffalo. No, we got like a light dusting, which immediately melted and turned to rain and... <laughs> It was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> what, yo, I I enjoy the snow when it's gone. I don't I don't like I don't like snow at all. Um, it's one of the things that I've, that I was never able to get used to. I'm from the Midwest, but I could never get used to snow. And then I moved to California, and then it was over for snow for me. I was just like, I'm not ever doing the snow again. But here I am. I'm back in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's great. Where uh, do you live? I live in Ohio. Ohio, good, good state. Been through it many times. It's it's like one of those states that's become a meme. Like you know, only <laughs> meanwhile in Ohio, and there's like Godzilla smashing all the buildings or something. You know, what I mean, it's it's literally become that that meme, which I find very hilarious. But I've I've come to appreciate Ohio. Uh, there are some things that I don't care for here, but I have come to appreciate uh, being here. Uh, I'd rather be here right now than in uh, Southern California, where it's a it's a mess. Which I love the weather there, but it's a mess over there. So I, I don't know. It, it, it's a nice, quiet place to be. You're you're near the city. You're you're near the city. How far away from New York do you do you travel into the city at all um, frequently, or is that like nah, not too much? Like, how does that work? Are you do you do work in the city uh, musically? Like, how does it work for you? I um I get to the city from mm. time to time. My sister lives there, so mm. um it's fun to kind of pop down there and I have some friends that live in the city. I went there a lot less, you know, in like 2020 and 2021. Yeah. But um but I've been I've been venturing down more. I see a show and you know, meet up with people. Um But other than that, yeah, I kind of I kind of hang around. Mm. In Westchester, is there like a music scene going on there? Is there something? I'm not sure how it works there. Uh, there are some wonderful musicians that live in Westchester, but mm. in terms of a scene, no. It's absolutely the last place <laughs> for like a good music scene. Well, I think it's because of its proximity to the city. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, we'll just go into the city and see like great artists. Right. And there's not a whole lot of venues. But if, you know, weirdly enough, if you go um, about 20 minutes east over to connecticut they have a great little music scene over there oh. all the dive bars have a little stage and they love oh. original music but yeah in westchester there's like a couple like sort of bigger venues and mm. then it's just restaurants and bars and stuff it is westchester but they pay pretty good so yeah well, that's that. what i was i mean like can you work there as a musician i mean not not yeah. even like so you can't work in westchester as a as a musician and, and yeah for sure there's oh, a bunch of like breweries and things like that so 
Nice. Yeah, musicians have work up here, which is great. Hell yeah. No, that that was my biggest fear moving back to Ohio was like sort of coming here and dying on the vine, <clears throat> which I, <laughs> I am kind of dying on the vine as a musician out <laughs> here because uh, I, I haven't been taking gigs. But when I came back out here before the pandemic, there was a, a there is a lively little like, you know, it wasn't like a huge music scene, but working musicians could do like cover gigs and bar gigs and brewery gigs. And we got those... Uh, what you might have it's those uh wineries because apparently winery i guess wineries can be anywhere now it's not just for california or italy or france so oh heck yeah <laughs> i played at a very cute brewery um called beerhead in hmm. uh, it was is near cleveland Ooh. um great brewery and they had like a little stage it was very cute so and that was in Ohio. So good times. Do you you come through Ohio to play? Because you did a you did a tour not too long ago, right? I did. Yeah, mm. I came right through Ohio. Mm. Incidentally, they have a lot of. Um, I'm very into uh, something called Spartan race, like obstacle course racing. Mm. And so, like, there's a lot of random races that also happen to be in Ohio. Really, so I like to plan my tours around them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how do you train for those kind of races? Uh, it's a lot of running and then I rock climb a couple times a week because you have to be able to like hang on stuff Wow! and lift up some heavy stuff and carry it it around. Is it like the mud run? Is that like one of them? Is that like, yeah, Tough Mudder is one of them. Tough Mudder. That's what it is. Tough Mudder. I'm sorry. I just, I'm looking for like a video or something like it. So is it, uh. Hold on, what is this? Tough Mudder 15K obstacle run. Oh my god. 30 obstacles? What the hell? See, I don't know. I don't know. I They're mean, so fun. Except the mud doesn't speak to me as much. No. But yeah. <laughs> no, the, like mu- the mud and electricity is usually the first thing people see, but that's not really what it's like for me. What are you saying? Electricity? What does that mean? Like that picture is like live wires hanging down and people running through them. What the fuck? Why? Why would Which you? Which is not. You run I mean, you through like electri- can do that, or you can not do that. <laughs> Look at them. They're all like, oh my god, <laughs> that yeah. was horrifying. No, I'm, I'm not. No one. No one. Ain't, ain't nobody got time to get shocked in the eyeball. Okay. Right. Like that's what I'm wondering. Like how? It's just. It's like a wow thing. So they put that picture on the first page. You know. When we say she's a beast, we mean she a beast. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. The beast from the <laughs> east, son. Let's go. Um, beast from the east. I like that. Me too. Uh. So it says Tough Mudder 5K, Tough Mudder 10. Oh, so it's it's oh different things. So let's see. Um, so Tough Mudder is not the one that you're doing, but it's something similar. Is the things that you do, right? Right. So we got whatever Everest is, Arctic M- Enema. Arctic Enema? What does that mean? Did, what does Arctic Enema mean? There's, um, there's this thing called Savage Race, and one of their obstacles is just an ice bath, and they call it <gasps> Shriveled Richard. <laughs> Shriveled Richard? <laughs> It's very ticklish. Uh, pyramid scheme, electroshock therapy. I hate that. Um, block nest monster. Like, I want to see the things. Can we see the things? 
I want to see the thing. Three great new distance formats lined up for you next year. Five. You can't hear that, can you, Emily? I cannot hear it. Hold on, I can help you. I'm sorry. We're we're doing stuff now. Um, hold on. Now we're just watching videos. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're just gonna be here watching videos. No, don't mind us. You're trying to figure out what I do, which I appreciate. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and, and like I've seen these things before, you know, but I've never like really was. I'm gonna go look that up, you know. Okay, we featured at almost all Tough Mudder weekends. Our Tough Mudder 5K with oh, a three-mile course and 13 obstacles. Our like brand new Tough Mudder 10K distance That's featuring a six-mile course oh. with 20 of our best obstacles. Oh my God. Get the hell out of here. I mean, just coming out of the mud and water and having to climb up there, that just looks just terrible. And if you're looking for the classic Tough Mudder 15K, which is nine miles and 30 obstacles, the most obstacles we've ever packed on course before, you'll be able to find Tough Mudder 15K every Saturday morning on Tough Mudder courses. Tough Mudder's new distance formats allow you to choose the distance and the obstacle count that's perfect for you. If you're brand Let's new go. to obstacle up, courses and you're looking for a new adventure, Tough Mudder 15 is all run as a the team. perfect place to start. You, I would, you guys would lose instantly with me. I would just walk onto the field, and they'd be like, "Nah, that's it. You're, you're done. You're not gonna make it. <laughs> it's over for this team. They're out." Um, <clears throat> that three mile course will take you about an hour and a half to two hours. It's going to deliver 13 God. of Tough Mudder's signature obstacles. And everybody at Tough Mudder finishes no, with no, our world I'm famous. I'm going around it. I'm taking the therapy. penalty. <laughs> get your team together or take nope, it on as an individual. Way. You can take on a Tough Mudder 5K at every single Tough Mudder weekend in North America and the United Kingdom next year. Wow. Tough Mudder 10K is our brand new distance, and let me tell you, we're really excited about it. Are Six you? miles may just be the perfect distance if you're Are looking you? to take on your next Tough Mudder adventure. With 20 obstacles, we're going to have over three obstacles per mile for you, uh, which we've redesigned in 20 oh minutes in 2020. Plus miles and 30 overall. And other than oh my God. And other than most packed onto a Tough Mudder course before. If you're looking for your next challenge, take on some of our signatures. Spartan Race? The cage Crawl. And yeah. other the most extreme tough mutter obstacles. We're gonna decline that, you know that offer for our youngest mutters. Dude, that that's wild. That is so wild. Hold on, what is it? Uh, it's called the Spartan Spartan Race. Yeah. Yeah, this is it, guys. We're just. It's less. It's a little less muddy and a and a little less electroshock, and it's more like. I don't know. It's got its own. Well, I don't care for Thing. that. That sounds that doesn't <laughs> sound good to me. Uh, this is ten yeah. minutes. We won't be watching all ten minutes, but we will be sharing tabs. <laughs> um So here we go. This is the Spartan race. Can you play it on like like twice the speed? Yes, totally. I because I think I like, love that. I love these guys, OCR Kings. I know them actually. Oh, you know weird. them? Are they are they from your area or something? They're from the Northeast, and they post like all the ones that they do. Mm. And it's just one of those things. Like it's kind of a small world, just like Twitch. Ah, so uh, okay. So like when people are um, people do, if somebody's doing these races, they're probably more than likely doing other races for other with other companies. Yeah, and there's also, like, there's so many of them around mm. the country that, like, there's a bunch in the Northeast, so people will travel, like, two, three hours to get to them, and it's, like, always the same people, because it's, like, 
It's like if the Grateful Dead, like if we were like all deadheads following Grateful Dead around the country, yeah, except it's just running around in the woods getting dirty and jumping over crap. That that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the, I, I've done I've done like dead tours before, not as a musician, <laughs> but I've done the whole like. Uh, only a buck, what the fuck? You know, dollar grilled cheeses. I've sold beer and wa- dollar water bottles, which I wonder if inflation is affecting is affecting uh, lot prices. Oh, God. I, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Everything costs at least $10 more. All drugs cost at least $10 more, everyone. Uh, I, are, you, uh, are, are you a fan of The Grateful Dead? Have you ever done any of that kind of stuff? I'm not. I just, um, you know, I like, I love like festivals and stuff, but mm-hmm. I've never gotten so into like one band and like into the community. Yeah. I think like Spartan is my Grateful Dead essentially. Yeah. Because I'm very like much invested in the community and, you know, it's a lot of the same, not all the same people, but there's definitely like you make friends and then you like see everybody out at a race, you know, right. it's like that's ah. kind of half of. What makes it awesome? <laughs> oh, that's cool though. Like yeah. that is really fun though to like go and it's just like meeting up with the homies. It's like I'm gonna go exercise. So health is a big part of your life. That I take it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, would are you someone that works out every day or how, what? What's your workout schedule? I am. I I train like. Um, I train, I think, in the style of a professional athlete, not quite uh, the volume of time, um, Mm. because I do work full-time as a musician, Mm. so I can't spend four hours, four to five hours a day training, Um, but I do spend, like, between one and two either getting some... I love trail running, so Mm. um, it's like... I found, you know, I found Spartan, and I started running on the roads and stuff, and I was like, oh, running is actually kind of fun once you do it a little bit and then and then I just started like running trails a bunch and I was like oh my gosh like this is so much fun I just feel like a kid running through the woods yeah so I really found my love for running like through trail running and then um but I also got really into functional fitness um a little while back and so like these sort of obstacle course races they kind of combined like functional strength um with the running and mm-hmm. that just makes it like really fun for me. What what what's like functional fitness? Like what are some of the like the idea what's the idea behind functional fitness? Almost like you know like CrossFit a little mm-hmm. bit meets like boot camp style workouts. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a lot of like squatting and deadlifting and picking up st- heavy things Ah, and like flipping the tire and stuff flipping the big old tire exactly exactly well that that buckets of rocks for example (laughs) buckets of rocks so so like yeah because you know I, i had a friend who was into like um cutting wood splitting wood just because of the exercise and you know, just like and then switching sides, just like because it works out like a big thing. And and then like when you do look yeah. at some of these workouts, they do have like whatever it looks like a hammer that you sort of swing around your head and stuff, and it just just uh just sort of works out things that you move around a lot in the first place. So it's like mm-hmm. just working out those your your cuffs or whatever you call it, like your shoulder and 
all that stuff, yeah. which is uh, which is pretty awesome. I've always liked that idea. I'm very much the like isolate muscle groups guy because that's how I learned how to do it. So I'm just mm-hmm. like on the bench, like one and two and three and four. <laughs> It is arm day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's arm day. It's back day. I'm doing this day. Uh, but I, I can appreciate the 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 functionality. Is do do you when you look at that kind of working out? Do you do you look at it as a sort of like a archaic way of doing it? Not that I would be offended if you did or anything. Like I, I don't care. But it, it is that sort of like. Like you, you don't really practice that, so I'm not sure how you how you, how you, would would you ever go and do that isolating and stuff like isolating muscle groups. Oh my gosh! Yeah, absolutely. I I don't I don't poo poo on anyone else's fitness. Like, no, if you're, I know. If you're grinding, then that that's awesome. Um, I do. Like when I'm home and stuff, um, I have like my little like adjustable Bowflex dumbbells. Mm. So, like, I'll be in my basement just, like, doing random exercises. That's dope. I do a lot of, um, I do, like, a lot of squatting and a lot of deadlifting, though, because, like, to help my hamstrings for when I'm running, because they usually give me, like, the most issue. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I don't know. Yeah, I do a lot of random stuff. Sometimes <laughs> I feel like all the girls could appreciate this. Sometimes, like, I'm like, you know what? It's booty day. Oh, and yeah. we're gonna do all the booty exercises. <laughs> we gotta go. pump this thing up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Hell so. yeah! Inflate, inflate. You know. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> you know those guys? Do you, have you seen those people who are like pumping their muscles up with oil and stuff? No. no. Oh my god! Uh, oil muscles. It's like, it's not like real. It's oh not. God. Oh God! Oh, 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 I don't like. <laughs> Oh, needles. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Everybody, like, there might be needles here. So everyone be why. like. Um, so like these guys right here. Jeez, Louise. Look at them. They're, they're, look at how shredded they are. No. <laughs> look how shredded he is. No. <laughs> Ian, Make it stop. <laughs> so they so they I- inject themselves with oil, and instead of actually doing the work, they just put oil where their muscles will be, and it's just like they walk around <laughs> like fake shredded. Thank God. This is this is what our world's come down to. It's like just fake muscles, and uh, you know McDonald's. <laughs> and and uh we're gonna be eating bugs soon so let's go let's go um ridiculous let me stop sharing so we can there we go <laughs> we'll get back to it uh hold on. Uh, <laughs> if you're a doomsday prepper come on down is that part of why you do it are you a doomsday prepper am i a doomsday prepper yeah no but i have this of uh, this ongoing joke with um um, one of my best friends who I, tra- incidentally, I train with mm. and she lives up about 30 minutes north of me and she just knows, a- she knows a lot of people. She's an ER doctor and like her neighbor is like this ex-military guy. So her and I do have a doomsday plan uh, in place. We're going to meet at her house, meet up with her ex-military neighbor who is, who is a doomsday prepper. And so he's got all the food and arsenal and stuff. And then we're gonna make our way. Do you have like? Do you have like a partner and like kids and stuff too? 
I don't have any kids. I do have a partner. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So, so is uh, is do you be cool with you bringing someone else? Yeah, I just ima- it. I I always just ima- okay. So like, it's not the. I read a lot of apocalyptic books just because that's that's where I live. That's where I live. It, it could be like the worst zombie apocalypse book in the world, and like I'll just mm-hmm. I'll I'll read it because it's just like yes. Uh, but it always seems like. There always seems like to be that one guy who has like the cachet of like guns and food and stuff, and then it's like, and now I need all the women too. So it always freaks me out, and you know what I mean because because in my head, as soon as things go, uh, go go bad, as soon as everything goes tits up, like I just feel like you know immediately that old school of thinking like that medieval way of thinking it was like whoever is the strongest whoever has the most stuff you know brute force just prison rules basically that's just how <laughs> i see it, it i mean cuz cuz think about how we reacted in the pandemic right i was just talking to my therapist about this today i was like imagine if the pan if covid was and i'm not trying to say it's not dangerous and you know whatever but imagine if it was a little just a little bit more dangerous where it was taking out young people like it was taking out old people uh older folks uh imagine that imagine it, like we reacted in such like like we were only there for toilet paper and guns and ammo right like that was our thing we wanted shit tickets and we wanted rifles today and <laughs> and 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 that that's what we were as Americans and and so I'm just wondering what would it be if, if what would the run on the the supermarket? What would the run be on you know ammo stores, liquor stores, tobacco, all these things? I, I just imagine, but much worse. I, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I was definitely late to the toilet paper party. <laughs> I waited because we we were pretty stocked up here, and yeah. then I was like, I just thought the like the late night news guys were like making jokes you know like i i kind of i didn't i'm not a huge i'm not huge into the news yeah i kind of like find out what i need to know yeah yeah <laughs> I look at the weather and then i watch the late night comedy guys because i like getting my news in a jokey way mm, i feel you i feel <laughs> you, you know <laughs> yeah it's a little bit more easier to, to take down right like a spoonful of yeah, sugar makes like the medicine go down laugh at the drama yeah. But then I actually did go to the grocery store and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess those weren't jokes. Wow. And it was like in, gosh, what it was a stop and shop, I think. They have a very big, like, paper items uh, aisle. Yeah. Like, it spans, like, the whole length of the store. Yeah. The entire thing was out. And Empty. it was like, and there were signs on it. It was like, please only take one. <laughs> and I was like, that's some apocalypse <laughs> shit. It, it was. It, it was very uh, It was very off-putting. And it shook a lot of people to their core. And so much so that people are still sort of can live in that space still, you know, even though we're sort of moving past that. No, but there's people still out there who are like very much freaked out still, which and, and rightfully so. It was a very traumatic experience for the entire world to experience all at once, which is uh, you know, wild. Um, but but yeah, the, the, the did you did you come across like, you know, there's no 
beef today because it's, you know, it's not here today. Or like there was like no water or there was no like that was when when things really started hitting me. It was like when as the as the pandemic went on, you know, past the 15 days, you know, to curb the whatever, uh, we started noticing like different items being gone. And that's what really shook me. It was like, oh, shit. What if that never comes back? It's like, yeah. <laughs> um, I was I definitely became not a not a really intense hoarder but a slight hoarder yeah. of meat <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, i can imagine i it. went i went to check out and because there wasn't any beef mm-hmm. like you mentioned um and then they had it one day and i was like well i'm not going to the grocery i, go, I went like every two weeks because yeah. i just didn't want to be out yeah i would go spend like 400 freaking dollars on food <laughs> and yes freeze everything you know stock up and stuff oh, yeah. and um i went to check out and the guy at ShopRite was like so we're not allowed to like have more than two like um like cuts of meat at the same time and i was like and i had like six <laughs> and they were big ones <laughs> and i was like really like can you help me <laughs> and the guy was like okay here's what i'm gonna do and he and I were like in this like covert little like group together. And he was like, like we were like this all of a sudden. Yeah. And he was like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to ring it up, but I have to ring them up separately. Otherwise I'll get flagged. Oh, dang. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm not even allowed to ring up two more at the same wow. time. I'll get in trouble. I was like, okay, we got this. And so he like cashed me out and then rung up like two things of meat, cashed me out and rung up the last two and cashed me out. And I was like, I was like, we got this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> My lips are sealed. Yeah. Isn't that just like, that's so wild. Yeah. Yeah, so imagine if if it was a little bit worse. Imagine like what what life would have been like if if the, if COVID was just a little bit worse than what it was. And again, I'm not trying to take away from the severity of the of the whole situation, but if you can imagine, I mean, let your imagination run away with you, which I did. Which I did a lot. I just was letting my imagination run wild, which is not good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. It it would be such a weird, it'd just be so, so, so crazy to think that, you know, people would just be, I I mean, honestly, it just, to me, as soon as things go like that, it feels like everybody with guns and with a little bit of fortitude, uh, are going to last the longest, which is the saddest thing to think of. I mean, cause it literally will go back to survival of the fittest and survival of, you know, whoever has the stuff and the most stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think about this way too much. I think about this way too much, but it's, it's just how it goes. The butchers <laughs> over here got flooded with beef when the price went up. Ah, hmm, that's weird. Uh, anyways, so you, what, when did music come into your life? When was music uh, introduced to you in, in your life and how? I have been singing since I could, like, before I could talk. Hmm. My mom was, like, my mom and my dad are musicians, but my mom was, like, the one that stayed with it. And um, she was a music teacher. And I was, like, the third child. And um, 
I just remember I have this tape of my mom like I don't know she recorded me like on like a cassette recorder in 1987 or something I was two um and I'm singing row row your boat but I like can't really talk I'm like the lake and it's the it's not the stream it's the lake or something <laughs> like that um but yeah and I grew up like so I don't know music has just always been it's just always been around because I was raised with people singing around the house all the time I have two older sisters and we um, were raised in the Episcopal Church and so like as soon as I could like hold a melody I was singing three-part harmony with my sisters um, we just have like are very uh, blessed with that talent but um, but I just over the years it's just it's just grown and, and blossomed and um yeah mm. so that's where it all started when i was two singing row 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 your boat with the wrong lyrics <laughs> gently it, down the lake gently down the lake it's a stream no it's not it's just, look, kids they'll just be like the nah. lake mommy <laughs> yeah the kids are so like self-assured they're just so confident even when they're like so wrong they don't even care they're just like nah <laughs> nah i'm right <laughs> you don't yeah, so you went to so you were singing in the church and stuff. Is 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 uh, the church something that's stuck around in your life? Because um, I heard I, I was listening to some of your music and I hear I heard this song where you're saying Amen a lot, and I was just curious if that's something that's still part of your life. And um, yeah, not in terms of like a strict like religion. Mm -hmm. Like I can appreciate a lot of like the rituals and stuff mm. um, when it comes to religion and Christianity and the teachings of Jesus and um, stuff like that. But I also am kind of, I've have my own views on how religion has morphed and changed and become certain things to certain people over mm. the years. So I don't really subscribe to that part of it, but I feel like a spiritual person and, I think as we all get older, our views about spirituality change. And so I would say I'm spiritual, not religious, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then so that song, I, I don't remember what it was, the name of the song, but you were saying Amen. Oh, Amen. keep singing. Keep yeah. singing. Yeah. Was that something of an homage to that side of you or, or was that something else? Yeah, I think so. In a sense, I I wrote that song um, for my grandparents after they had both passed away. They mm. like at every family reunion, they would have us, me and my sisters sing like something. They mm. like loved hearing us sing. So like every family re reunion and every whatever holiday we all spent together, they were like, oh, can you, like, can you sing for us? Or my Aww. mom would be like, hey your grandparents would love if you sang for them. So we would like find something to sing. Yeah. And um, so um, the, I guess like impetus for writing it was when, um, when we were in the hospital with my grandfather, I got called, like I got a call that he was in the hospital and he was kind of up talking one day and then, not so much the next day. And so I had gotten there when he wasn't really conscious. So me and my sister went to his room and we held his hand and we, and we just sang to him. And, and of course I was weeping. 
but I was like, you just need to keep singing, keep singing, just keep singing. He'll hear you, you know, and and so it kind of stemmed out of that. And then, you know, keeping the faith and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's I'm tearing good. up just thinking about it. <laughs> I I know those are tough moments. Those are tough moments. Yeah, because you know, it, it, musicians, especially you know, within the family, um, you know, we tend to get tapped for for these kind of hard things. You know, these these mm-hmm. hard moments to sort of to perform through. And uh, it, it was like me and me and my wife, we performed at my father's funeral and like a couple other aunts and uncles or aunts, mostly aunts. And you know, like Raina, she has to sing, so she's um, she's like sitting there crying, trying to sing "Tears in Heaven," and oh I'm over gosh. here trying to like play the song and stuff. And I don't really sing, so I'm just sitting there crying. She's crying. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's it's such a weird position to be in. I mean, but it's like a, it's very much an honor, you know. Like it's very much like um, the best way to honor your talent especially for people who've helped you and ushered you into that is to, you know, give that, you know, in those moments to give that part of your talent. Um, I, I, you know, cause I feel like musicians so much, a lot of times musicians, their identity a lot of times is really, really wrapped up into that. And, and so to sort of, um, do that in front of people that you may or may not care about, uh, you know, and, and and do that for your family. I think is it's a really special thing. Uh, well, I think the hardest part is like, I learned, <laughs> I sang at one funeral when I was much younger, and I made the mistake of looking at people, <laughs> and I I lost. I couldn't. I could not. Uh, you know how you get all like your throat swells up and you yeah. and you're just like choking. Yeah. <laughs> So there was no singing after that. So <laughs> I got a little older and w- with my, when the instance, in the instance of like the memorial service for my grandparents, I was like, nope, we're not looking at the audience. We're going <laughs> to look at this nice stained glass window and yeah. we're going to keep singing. And like, that was the other part. It was just like, keep singing. Just that, keep singing. <laughs> that's actually really good advice for anybody who has to go out and perform at funerals and anything like that wakes whatever is like don't look at the the attendees cuz it's, it's nope. they're going to bring you right down with a bring you right down in the dirt well just because your empathy just like course, kicks up you know and, yeah and it's not like you're it's not like you don't feel something but when you're singing it's like you need to compartmentalize a little bit right right for sure. Just to get through it, and then you can cry later. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Just, 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 you know, be professional. Damn it. <laughs> exactly. Be a professional. I don't get care to... if it's your grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> you be professional. There's no excuses. No excuses at all. Uh, no, it, it, it's weird. I don't know. I, I, I feel the same way sort of about religion as you. Is like because I came up catholic and not like strict or anything strict catholic but it was enough to make me think at one moment i was at one point i was gonna burn in hell because i didn't go to church every sunday thanks miss thompson for putting that in my brain um i remember being a kid being like i'm gonna go to hell because i only went to church every week because i went to a catholic school and i went to church every wednesday there but in the in the summers my family didn't really go to church that often, so I just figured I was doomed to hell because <laughs> I was gonna go to church. But it's all Miss Thompson's fault. She was 
She was crazy, uh, but that's okay. Yeah, that's just how it went. Uh, but it, but it, but it is weird to see how much people have become so anti, and it seems very specifically anti Christianity. And and uh, you know, I'm again, I'm not the most religious guy. I'm not. I, I don't even you know subscribe to a, to like the white god that's up in the clouds watching us. You know, masturbate. I'm like. You know, I think that there's something bigger than that, and and I don't know what it what it is, but I, I'm not like this is you know the Bible is the word of God because it literally has been proven not to be the word of God. It's the word of dudes and <laughs> mostly dudes. Um, I don't know how do you how in your opinion of how Christianity has gone, especially in America, is, is it something that should be criticized the way it's being criticized? Or do you feel like it's something that, uh, you know, you feel like people are kind of going a little too far? How do you feel about it in this day and age? That's an interesting question. I think, I think it's, it's not Christianity itself. Mm. I think that it's people using, using Christianity as an argument to make themselves more powerful over other people. Hmm. So, and I think that's been going on for a long time. I don't yeah. think, I don't really subscribe to like, oh, in this day and age, I think we can see it more because of social media. Right, right. But um, I, I I, subscribe to the belief that we're, we're trending in a more like empathetic direction towards hmm. each other as humans. But, hmm. you know, in terms of really any religion, like, any kind of like dogma or like this is black and white um doesn't it doesn't really work for me yeah um and i don't think it works in the context of using that to put someone else down hmm. um if you're using um if you're using religion to you know, be communal or have um, rituals and ceremonies and things that are good, then, like, I love that idea, and let's make it a thing. Um, but, so I guess for me, I don't think, I don't think it's the idea of Christianity, I or any religion, I think it's the idea of using that in a, in the way that it was not intended. <laughs> Yeah, you know? no, I, I, I feel like that's probably how most people feel about it too. It's like, man, that's kind of a, because it's because it, a lot of it is when you step back from it, a lot of it is, uh, you know, control, and it's like, hey, you know, yeah. do this, do that, and don't do this, and those people over there who aren't doing it like this, well, those people are doomed to hell, and it's okay to, you know, be awful to them or, or they figure, you know, they, they find some way to be awful about it and justify it with their, with whatever their belief system is, which I feel like that's what a lot of things are becoming now. You know, all these different movements that are going on, I feel like it's becoming very religious, you know, in a, in a sense. Um, but, but it just seems like in particular Christianity has been taking the L um, just, just, especially here in America, it's, it's, it's a very, when, when you have like, um, you know, our Pledge of Allegiance has, you know, 
under God in it, and and we're supposed to be this like re- separate religion and state, but we have you know God embedded in all of this stuff. It very much is a money has God on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the the one thing that you would think God would be totally against would be the idea of money <laughs> and like ownership of stuff, like paying rent to live on Earth. Like that's weird, right? Like if you think about it, it's a, it's a weird concept. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. It, it's 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 definitely been taken to L. Um, Raina actually uh, recently just had a community member leave because Raina's been talking about God a lot, and it's just part of her journey, what's going on. And they were, like, literally saying, well, if you don't stop talking about God and Christianity, then I'm going to leave. And <laughs> yeah, like, we um, I um, I generally do not, like, I don't even mm-hmm. entertain discussion about politics or religion mm-hmm. just because I know that they can be, like, so divisive. So divisive. So, it's, I mean, that sucks, but it's like, okay, like, no, well, I and that's, love you. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the other thing too. I, I think with Raina and and you've you've been in a couple of her streams before. I, I oh know my god, I Raina, love her stream. She's so funny. Yeah, she 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 talks, you know, and she a lot of it is her just talking shit and and it, you know <laughs> like in a good way. You know, it's nothing ever like you know hating on people or, or spreading hate, but it's. Uh, it, you know, it's just such a weird thing. What have you had people trying to come into your stream and be possessive and and try to get you know weird about things and and then how do you handle that? I have. Um, I I'm not totally sure. I mean, I have great, wonderful mods hmm. that help me out. I typically I. I I've gotten for the most part to a point where it becomes very obvious very quickly. And I usually just ban people. (laughs) Yeah. I don't really, I kind of like don't even entertain it. I'm like, if you, if they come in and like the first thing they say is like something. Yeah. Like whatever, like that just doesn't sit right. I'm like, bye. Bye. (laughs) You gotta go. Which is, it's just way more fun than like, if I'm in like, if I'm in like an IRL gig and I'm playing and somebody like <laughs> tries to come up and steal the mic from me, I can't just be like, bye. <laughs> banned. <laughs> like you are banned. <laughs> <laughs> just push it on their forehead, like pop, <laughs> you're out. Wait, why didn't that work? <laughs> oh my God. I can only imagine the, the amount of like drunk j- dummies that come up to you like, eh, what's going on? Let me talk on the mic. What's your name? What's your number? What's your sign? Like the whole thing. How do you handle it in IRL? I have a very progressive system that I, like I use. It. I like it. Uh, it's called putting twinkly lights up and as like a barrier so that people can't actually like get near me. Oh, <laughs> that is a good idea. As they would have to like literally either go through the lights or like duck. Yeah. Or like like they can't jump over, but ducking would be too hard for a drunk person. So it's almost foolproof. <laughs> yeah. Oh it's my really god. Good. I um uh, I I usually play keys when I'm out playing, and sometimes sometimes when the when there's no stage or anything, you're just on the floor with everybody else. Sometimes people just come up and set their drinks on my fucking 
keyboard. <laughs> like, bro, this oh my god, this, bro, this board is probably more than your car, you asshole. Get your drink <laughs> off my thing. It's it, it's it's part of the reason why I I stopped playing bar gigs. Besides the pot, the pocket. Besides the pandemic, like after the pandemic, I just didn't have it in me like that. Um, I just put it together. I suggested Will Keys to raid Emily. He asked for a random musician. Oh, look at that. That's how Snart Dizzle in the Hizzle. Welcome, Snart Dizzle. Welcome, welcome. Pancakes. Hi. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you. Uh, the the whole the whole in in real life gigs things that it just I, I, it, it's lost its sheen, and especially now that I, I have a full time job. So like I just. Like I said, I'm 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 dying on the. You have to bunk. get it. You have to get. You kind of have to get it up for them. You know, mm. like one way or the other. <laughs> Every trick in the book. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that that's it's it's a uh, um, it's exhausting. You know, like getting home at like three or four in the morning, and and then like and then we, especially us in the winter, have to carry in all of our shit. Uh, Cause you can't leave in the car, cause the cold See, will mess it up. I'm all about the brewery life. The breweries they have their the own brewery PA. gigs do not go that late. It's like oh nice, five to eight, six to nine, something like that. I'm home bed by ten thirty, yeah. which is still late for me. I've been going to bed at eight thirty recently. Yeah, <laughs> what time do you get up? Like six thirty. <laughs> That's pretty solid. So you like mornings? You like to be up in the morning and get at I it? I love being up in the mornings. Mm. And I'm also like, I, I did a little bit of a dry January. Mm. And I found myself at night being like, mm, I have nothing to do. I guess I'll just go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's the saddest thing. But it's 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 kind of my thing because then I get up early and I'm like, ooh, I have my coffee and I like watch the sunrise. And what, what, like, Would you just like drink some booze or what was your thing? You know, yeah, I would like crack a couple Budweisers, watch like a show on whatever mm. Netflix or I I got into um Alias. I got real far down the Alias hole. Never seen it. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> and um, but I it kind of lost. I don't know. It kind of lost its allure because I find myself now getting tired when I don't have like the extra carbs and alcohol in my system. Mm. So I'm like. Ugh. Just... fine like i'll just i go and i get into bed and then like i'll scroll yeah. for a little bit which i'm not sure if that's better it's um, not it, it, but it, like but then i lay down by like nine and i'm like oh, i guess I'll, i guess i'll try to fall asleep <laughs> you know i like going to bed early too like there that was the thing what what age were you when <laughs> that started kicking in where you were like i need i'm just going to bed I'm, uh, or like the whole party thing or were you ever a partier um, I've been, you know, I've been, um, I've been in and out of partying. I started drinking alone more, which I'm not sure is any better than partying. <laughs> it's partying, uh, baby. It's partying. You get to go to bed earlier, to be fair. Yeah. But you're also drinking alone. <laughs> <laughs> and then going on Instagram and fucking commenting ridiculous things to people and being, and then waking up guilty at like 4 a.m. being like oh no who's who's thing did i comment on drunk oh crap i can't believe i said that <laughs> it's like that, that that's definitely me but i shouldn't have said that oops 
That was bad, Emily. I shouldn't have posted this story wasted. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the best. Like, I, I quit drinking. Uh, Sam. <laughs> Today, years old. I, I quit drinking before before social media became, like, what it is now, where it's like you can't put anything on there without being judged or canceled. Although there is plenty of me being drunk on social media, uh, but I, I quit the whole... I got out of the business before it really became something detrimental. But my thing was like getting blacked out drunk and like making a scene and then having to apologize to my friends the next day and like, Aww. sorry that I, that I kicked in your girlfriend's, you know, cupboard because I was looking for the drinks and the one push open and it was a pull, but I just kept pushing and I just thought I could kick it in, you know, like the whole thing. I'm sorry that I made myself puke on your girlfriend's car last night because she made me mad or whatever, you know, like just awful things. And it wasn't just to people's girlfriends. It was like to dudes with guns and shit. I was just, I, just too much. I was just too much drinking. So like, I just definitely need to stop. Uh, but, but were you ever, have you always had sort of a control over your drinking? Like, has it always been, or has there been a time where it kind of got away from you? And I, you know, I know when we're younger in our twenties, getting black, Jeanette, welcome. Good Hi, to see Jeanette. you. Thank you for stopping by Jeanette. Um, yeah, Jeanette is the one who inspired this baby Yoda because her baby <gasps> Yoda is so too. cute. Oh, you can't see it. It's oh. off screen. <laughs> But I was like, oh, look at that baby Yoda. Hang on, wait. Baby Yoda. Let me see if you can actually see it. Oh. There oh, it is. There. It's by the printer. Oh, it's it's nice and blurry, but I can tell. Yeah. I can tell. There it is. Um, yeah, baby baby Yoda vibes forever. Um, I, um, yeah, for the most part, I am a, an extremely jolly, happy person who drinks mm -hmm. um in the past i have had issues with um my drinking combined with uh ex-boyfriends drinking um that got a little bit bad at times and they did things that weren't good and then i did things i regretted and um but uh i'd say like for the most part um I'm I'm pretty like happy go lucky and just having a great time uh these days. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I, you know what man, toxic relationship I I mean I'm guessing it was toxic. It's, uh, you know, I'm not yes. assuming anything. But one, <laughs> once two people yes. are drunk like that or drinking like cuz I've been in the I've, I've I've been in relationships where I'm hooked on one type of narcotic and they're hooked on a different kind of narcotic but on the different end of the spectrum and it, it just was the most toxic relationship it was terrible like just mm. the whole thing the whole thing it, it really it really is awful I, I, you know if you're in a relationship that sucks adding any kind of mind-altering substance always seems to just make it worse exactly exactly it, it's um it's like the gasoline mm-hmm on the, really on the fire, you know. It really is. It, it it doesn't make things better. It only makes things go way more out of control. And it uh, sounds like a challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was worse than any of those uh, tough mutters or whatever challenges. 
Uh-huh. So, so that's how you have to challenge your inner crazy. You mm. just go run a Spartan race. <laughs> that, that, that really is. It, that's one of the things that I've really found that's helped me is um, because I have my whole thing. You know, everybody has their little thing. I, I happen to be ADHD and, and, and just, you know, depressive and all the things that come with ADHD. Um, and the best thing that I've really found, besides medication that works, uh, is the is working out. It's been one of the things that's really helped me stay balanced. And I don't know, do you get, maybe you're probably, it's uh, like sometimes I'll work out really hard and then like, Maybe it's just my testosterone or something in my body, but I'll work out hard and I, and then I'll just start acting kind of like a dick a little bit. I don't know. Do you get that? Do you get like, do you work out and then feel like you're all pumped up and you'll kind of be, I don't know, rude or something? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just my problem. Um, I don't think I get rude, but I do get a little bit full of myself, especially if I hit like a really good workout where I'm like, man, I crush those run times. And like, I'll be walking around like, yeah, I'm like a runner. And and I run. And people are like, shut the fuck up. Like, well, what did you, did you run today? Fast. You're not even that fast. Do you even run, bro? <laughs> do you even run? What, what's your mile? What, what do you hit your mile in? My my 5K PR, I've actually never run just a mile. Oh. I don't have a mile PR. Oh, okay. Um, I think I could go sub seven because I've, I've done basically like a, essentially like a seven minute mile for a like a 5K. Damn. So my my 5K PR is like 22 wow. minutes-ish and change. Damn. But That's pretty good. Thanks. Pretty good. That's yeah. It's that God. They they hurt, man. But like at the end, you're like, oh, I'm alive. (laughs) Yeah, but but you also feel like better than ever, right? Like your body hurts and stuff. But like like after you after you kind of catch your breath and everything, it's like that high. That uh, it's like that's awesome. Super high. Twenty two minute mile. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was, I bites like 12. It's <laughs> a 12 minute mile. Uh, but I could run a whole mile without stopping. So there. That I, I couldn't do Hell that. Yeah. I couldn't do that in high school, but I can do it now. I can do it now. You know, I couldn't do that in high school either, believe it or not. I remember when I was a kid, like before I joined the soccer team, I couldn't run for shit. I would get a cramp after like, Halfway around the track, which is like two hundred meters. Right. Well, it's probably because we we probably grew up eating pop tarts or like Lucky Charms for breakfast, and we're trying to run a mile. Like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Did you did you have a healthy childhood? Were you were you in shape? From I mean, obviously you hit a point where you were actually in shape, but like, um, was it was health always a part of your life, or was there ever where you're overweight, Emily? Um, health was because I, my parents put me in gymnastics at a very Mm. young age, but they kind of came with its own set of challenges because I got to, this, this isn't going to come out right. I got, so it it was so challenging because I got to such a high level very quickly. (laughs) I got to like a high level of gymnastics at kind of not, I mean, not a super young age but when i was like probably like nine years old but like with with training at a high level in gymnastics comes like 40 hours a week of training wow. and i just couldn't handle it like emotionally i kind of 
had I had some issues. Like I grew up with like IBS and I never mm. knew like what that was about. And so the more stressed I would get, the worse my IBS would get to the point where like I'm in a gymnastics meet and I'm about to like shit my pants. <laughs> And I can't, I'm so embarrassed. I'm not, yeah, I'm eight, nine years old. Like, sorry, this is a total tangent, by the way. But so (laughs) all that is to say, like with training at a high level came a ton of stress as a child. So I had to, I had to stop that. But then I was just always really active. So my parents, like they put me in swimming one year. Um, Then they put me, like I did rec soccer for a little while kind of got out of it and then kind of got back in and then eventually like started taking soccer really seriously in like the end of middle school beginning of high school and then that um and then that became like oh now i'm actually performing really well at this i um i was a goalkeeper and I just, I got very good at it. And then I was like supposed to be captain of like the soccer team and a lot of stuff happened in my life emotionally. And like that cycle kind of went back and I got overly stressed and overly IBS and like just kind of couldn't handle what was going on. And yeah. so I had to quit that. And then I got totally out of fitness. I mean, not totally, but I pulled back a lot from sports and team things in my 20s and I focused a lot on music when I went to college and then it wasn't until like later like in my later 20s I finally like joined this like boot camp and kind of picked fitness back up and realized that I really missed it so um, it's been quite the journey but yeah I've just always been really active in a nutshell (laughs) well (laughs) sorry to go down that that tangent (laughs) no i i appreciate that uh because i think i had ibs too when i was young because i I had a lot of nerve things i was just anxious a lot yeah i remember being like a kid and my my school went and we served at the homeless shelter and i don't know i was just so nervous and then maybe it was the food or something but on the way home i just got this big hit of uh just it just was coming and i was in the back seat and i was a big fat old kid too like i was like i I was like fat (laughs) whatever this is what happens uh i i was just in the back seat like just pinching it off like oh sweating and i remember the girl that i really liked like she was like (laughs) I think I was in like sixth grade or something, maybe fifth grade. And she's like this really cute girl that I liked was I was sitting right next to her. And she's just sitting next to me looking at me like, what is going on with this dude? Like, and I finally had to like, on the way home, I was, can we stop at a store? I have to go to the bathroom now. And I went in there and, you know, just blew that up. And, and I took so long that they sent in another kid. Like, hey, they were just wondering what's going on. So embarrassed. That's so embarrassing as a I kid. I know that exact feeling. <laughs> I've stopped multiple buses in my day. <laughs> so bad. St- One th- no, oh, my God. Please, go ahead. No, it's like, it's... It's funny now. Right. But it was the most horrifying experience of Absolutely my life. horrible. It was horrifying, like, yes. God, we were going to like Allstate for like a chorus thing or something. And I'm on the bus. I'm in the back. All of a sudden, just something happened. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, and I just, I didn't have like, 
I didn't have the like tools to kind of like deal with it. Yeah. I just thought something was wrong with me and I was like, can we please like stop? Like, and we're in the middle of bumfuck nowhere because that's where I live. That's where I grew up. And we're out in the sticks and there's no fucking gas stations for like 10 miles. So they finally just stopped. And I was like, I'll just please stop. Like I have to go in the woods or something. And they stopped the bus and I got off and like, they didn't just let me go back in the woods by myself. No, they held up coats around me while I'm taking a shit in the <laughs> woods. And that was the worst day of my life. <laughs> I couldn't ride a bus after that. Oh, my God. That does sound terrible. Like, okay, everybody, form a wall around us. Here, hold up your jackets. Oh, Jesus. Just let me die. Oh, my God. Wow. That is... Wow. And, and like... But, I have to say, I've learned as a trail runner that, you know, you get to the trailhead and everyone's got to take a dump. Mm -hmm. So you go and you find a nice quiet place, a few trees back, you dig a little hole, you do your business, you got to bring, I got toilet paper in the car, you, you cover it up, you're good to go. You're okay? good to go. I can shit in the woods now. You're damn right you can. You're damn yeah, right you I'm can. I'm very empowered. <laughs> <laughs> no, th there is... <laughs> There is a thing about someone who can handle their business. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, sexist in any way, but especially when it comes to ladies, there is a huge difference between a lady who will, like, pop a squat wherever yes. I'm doing it uh, and, and, and the ones who are like, I need a bathroom. And it's like nothing against the ladies who need bathrooms or the dudes or non-binary folks. It's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but there is something about uh, somebody who can just go and like, oh, I got this. I the got this. The idea of bathrooms died that day for me. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need bathrooms. Oh, uh, and and yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. Like, I, I'm totally with you there. I just like I will just go wherever I have to. And of course, for dudes, it's easier to go like pee or something. You know, like ladies have a whole different thing going on with that. But it's still, it's a. Uh, this is like I had a friend once. My mom was very strict with women being over at my house in high school, and so like I couldn't let my friend use the restroom. And we had a bathroom downstairs, but my dad was handicapped at the time. And so, like, it was just a mess. It was the grossest bathroom. Like, I I just was so embarrassed by the state of this bathroom that I wouldn't, like, you can go down the street to the store. Um, and she's like, you know what? Fuck this. And she just went in my backyard, squatted, and just did her thing. Like, I, I was like, this is this is the one right here. She wasn't my girlfriend or anything, but I, she earned a whole new respect because it was like me and my dude friends and like her and her friend that came over to hang out with us. So it was just like... Like in secret? Kind of, yeah. I mean, my mom got past it only because only if I like didn't let them in the house or if they were in... She Man, she would come down to the basement. We used to hang out in the blazement and uh, just be down there being, you know, malcontents and... Uh, she would come down there. It's like there better not be any bitches down there. <laughs> she would be yelling this from the top of the stairs. And I'll be like, "Oh, it's cool. We're just chilling." And then, and then I would hear her start coming down. Like I would have to meet her. I'd be like, "Okay, look, look. We have two. 
Vanessa's here and Maria's here, but they're just chilling. She's like, I told you no bitches in my house. And she would come in there and tell these women to go and and, and like call them bitches to their face. My mom was not very forgiving in that whole that whole category. Very strict Catholic <laughs> Mexican, just like up in your face, just not having it. Uh, but but yeah. Spanish mothers are Hispanic mothers, I'm sorry, are are they're formidable. Does she chase them out with a, a sandal? <laughs> <laughs> no chanclas. Uh, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> That's a cliche. They, they were no, yo, my mom used to fuck me up with shoes and, and sandals. And She's stuff. just throwing chanclas. <laughs> Bro, she my mom got mad at me with so bad once. I broke the China cabinet window on accident and she held me down and like just beat me in the face with her shoe. It was like pop. <laughs> it was definitely oh, some kind of child abuse, but I think that I deserved it. So I'm, <laughs> I was a, I was a bad kid. I was a bad kid. So, um, I, I don't beat my child, but you know, if I did, I w- it would be in the face with a shoe. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> no. No, I, I I don't beat my kid just because well I I we we figured out how to talk to him and we know how to make him cry without beating him. We just take his electronics away and that's how we go. You know, mm-hmm. they cry. We get the same effect with no like beatings. Uh, no wonder you have a face for radio. How dare you, Naders? How dare you come at me like that? Uh, were you uh, was was there corporal punishment in your household growing up? Did, were, were you spanked? Was, was that or your parents? I was. Yeah, I was spanked, but I learned my lesson pretty quickly. My mother would count to three mm. slowly ah. and in kind of a low voice. <laughs> and um, if I was not in my room, then uh, yeah. I get my ass whooped. That's how it goes. Now, did they use hand? Did they use a belt? Did they use shoes? What was what was the the pure, weapon of choice? Pure hand <sighs> to ass skin. <laughs> Damn, oh, bare skin and everything. Yeah, there was a, a pulling down of the, of the the back of the shorts. Just let's go. Let, <laughs> let's go. She also one time uh, washed my mouth out with soap. Oh, she's very stealthy. Damn, mom's wasn't fucking around. Really wasn't. That, my okay, we had a we had a babysitter who who my dad said if they swear washed their mouth out with soap. So I had a babysitter and of course my my sister and me both swore like wild and they caught us and they would she would take Dawn squirt it in her mouth. And then make us drink it with 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 Kool Aid that didn't have enough sugar in it. So it was just like, I told my dad that he was like, "What the hell?" I told her to like scrub your mouth off with a bar of soap, not make you drink fucking chemicals. And so, well, we, me and my sister decided collectively not to go back to that woman's house anymore. But because <laughs> we had it like that, we could just we discovered we could just get on the other bus and go home and just go home and my parents weren't there to stop us so we just started going home uh oh it's song whip remember i was telling you about that uh that website that makes different yes. links it's called song whip and, and by the way um everybody I, i've been dropping the links but if you are not following emily make sure you do her twitch her website's there and her new single which is called win is out today 
And you can Thanks. go and check out that single uh, right there, right here in the chat. And if you're listening on the audio version, make sure you're in the show notes and clicking on those links and supporting your girl because she has shit going on. Um, Thanks. Oh, of course, of course. Hand uh, liquid hand soap on my toothbrush was the worst. Oh God, that's awful. <laughs> don't break one of her mallets. Uh oh, I don't know. <laughs> she was a music teacher. She didn't take kindly to people breaking her instruments. Well, I don't like it either. But when you're talking about kids, it's like how you know things are gonna break. <laughs> that's true. Things are gonna break. Kids are kids are just. They don't care. They're just breaking shit. They're just doing whatever they want. Um, so I, I do want to talk about when. Uh, it's I, I really liked it, and I feel like. Do you feel like? Do you feel like it's a step in a new direction for you? I would say it's, yeah, for sure. It's like a slight departure from my normal genre, and mm. I think a lot of that has to do with my good friend and guitar player Liam kind of adding his Liam Murphy um, Liam Murphy uh his Gosh. guitar sense as it were yeah because it definitely has like a big almost gothy sound to it you know what I mean like back yeah in- kind of that like symphonic metal with yeah like- female vocal thing Uh uh-huh yeah no i got um you know no offense but i got like marilyn manson vibes a little bit and and maybe even rob zombie or and paramore did paramore do stuff like that is is that right or do i have it wrong anyways i'm just getting those like gothy synth synthy strings thing i i really yeah that really caught my ear um so was this something that you guys both wrote together or did liam uh, have this song and presented it to you? How did this come about? So the way that it worked was um, I originally was just um, like writing it kind of alone. Um, I produced it as well. And so I was like, like, I just had this hook in my head. All I do is win. And the production at first was much more like I don't know if it was a much more electronic sounding, but it had more like electronic elements. And, um, and I had put in like, I was just trying all this stuff in the chorus. Cause I had listened to the song blood in the water by grandson that I just love that like hypes me up so hard. Mm. Um, and he, and the drop had this like really cool electric guitar sounding synth something and i was like kind of trying to emulate that and i was like but i was totally missing the mark when it came to like capturing the vibe that i wanted like that really like epic like workout like you could listen to it and you just want to go cut throats (laughs) go do a tough mutter yeah (laughs) go do a tough mutter exactly and um I just I asked him one day because he and I are are great friends and um, and bandmates whenever we're whenever we have a show that we can make it work and he um, he was like yeah like I'll come like lay down apart and like literally I think it was the second take I was like I think I want it to be simple but I don't know am I overcomplicating things and he's just like just bends the string and i'm like that's it (laughs) and and so like and then i was like wait like maybe this could take on a little bit more like 
let's just like lay down some like chunky guitars. Like let's just metal it out. Let's just like see what happens. And so we just stacked a bunch of guitars. Um, and it just kind of like turned into um, the beginnings of what it was or what it is now. And, um, and once I had that, I sent it to my friend Dave that I went to college with and Dave is out like making like movie and video game trailers right now and he worked on my last few projects and I was like what do you think of this like you know do you see it going in like just can you give me like any advice um and what do you want to like mix it and like master it for me and he was like dude this song's so epic I can like I can hear all these sort of trailery things on it and like I'd love to work on it and I was like okay cool and so he made the he took my production and made it a little bit more like with like real sounding drums he like we kept like the kind of snaps and the kind of like electronic build into the drop hmm. but then it's like this drum based like orchestral like movie trailer essentially and i just like fell in love with like how he kind of took what liam and i did and turned it into this production and um so yeah it started with me and then liam like you know really like essentially wrote the hook um so we ended up working co-writing it together and then um my friend dave produced it and master or co-produced it rather and mastered it mixed it and all that good stuff that's awesome. Now, do you usually do your own production and all your own stuff in-house or do you do you usually collaborate with people? I um I usually am self-produced. Um I love like I love doing it. Um and I find it really like fulfilling and satisfying. That's my background is in audio production. Oh, right. Um and then but I've been, I usually collaborate on the mix and for a number of years I've been collaborating with, with my pal Dave, um, just because he, he just like the more experience I get that much more experienced he is. And he just always makes things sound like radio ready, mm. you know, um, he's just got that, that he's got that ear and that experience. And so, um, yeah, but he'll take what I did and just like make it sound better and add like a few things and then it'll be like, oh shit. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is a real song. Uh, yeah, exactly. but, <laughs> I, no, I love those kind of people where you can just be like, here, for me, most of the time when I'm handing something off like that, it's like, here's this mess that I made. Can you like clean it up for me and do something with it? I'm sure with you it's more put together, but for me, it's like, just a mess it's like can you please clean up my mess for me thanks yeah uh, i'll get it to like 80 80 percent 85 percent and he'll just like kind of bridge that gap for me in terms of even just like the mix making my voice sound crispy and and putting the right reverbs and making everything just sit together and really like pop you right know? right right yeah now, did you, have you uh, ever done any of your own mixing or mastering? I have. My first two records, I I was the sole producer of, so oh, I mixed cool. and mastered them. Um, and then it was not till my third EP built for this, where I had Dave take care of it, and I feel like 
I I did a pretty you know I did a decent job. Yeah. Um. But, but he did a great job, and I think it that really makes a huge difference when you're, you know, in such a. I don't want to say like competitive because I don't feel like music is as competitive as people feel like, but like when you're you want to make a song sound as good as it can so people will listen to it like you need it to be a certain level of production and I felt like um when I was when I started working with him like we really achieved that better than me doing it alone yeah yeah I feel you there I feel you I I the the uh when you when you listen back to those first two albums that you did do you do you uh do you cringe a little or i mean you said it was okay but like from an audio engineering um with with your audio engineering ears on when you go back to listen to it is it like oh god or is it like eh, yeah it works how's it work for you the thing i i cringe less at my own like production skills i think i did the best that i could and i think they sound okay i cringe Ooh. at my like vocal recording really? because I, for some reason, I don't know why I didn't know this, but I learned how to, in Logic, how to comp vocals, like, way later in life than I should have as an engineer who is also a singer. What, what, what does that mean, comp so, vocals? So, in, in, in any, like, DAW... I know how to do it in Logic. I haven't done it in Pro Tools ever, but mm. there's like you can record obviously like multiple takes mm. like on top of each other. Mm. And when you double click them, it drops down so you can see like all the takes that you did. And you're like, I remember take eight was good, but this word, this word, this mm. word, this word, this word um, sound better from these six other takes. Right. So I'm going to, and then you, you know, you get the things that you like and it ends up sounding like one great take because it like auto crossfades and does the whole thing. Bounce that out and you sound like perfect, yeah. like flawless. Yeah. But in my first two records, I didn't know that. So occasionally I would like punch in, but for the most part, I just, I'd find a take and didn't really tune it. And so like, they were okay, but it was like, I think I came into my own as both a vocalist and a person who records vocals, not during those two albums. <laughs> it took me a long time to kind of get it. Well, it's, it's one, it, it's one thing, <laughs> shut up, Moving Dutchman, you, you know that's not true, Moving Dutchman. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a one take, I'm not a one take guy. Uh, Serena? Um that it, it's one thing to be very skilled at singing it's very it's one thing to be skilled at like playing an instrument uh it's a whole nother thing to be skilled at recording i mean like these are all separate skills that all sort of revolve around the same ideas and stuff but it's still like these are skills that you have to build and have to work at it and it wasn't like as soon as you touched a piano you were some kind of genius at it right or or guitar it was like you had my to... parents thought i was oh, which was well, a funny story oh well, i had a tell. piano with like the ivory keys but they had and in, in the very back of them when you pressed it down it had the name of the keys st like stamped Ooh. in it and my mother didn't know and so 
Uh, but I knew, and I was like, this is an E. Blue. And my mom was like, oh, she has perfect pitch. She's a genius. <laughs> She's a prodigy. And I think I let it go on for a little while, and then I felt so guilty. Wow. Because I just was a kid with a guilty conscience. Oh. And uh, finally I told her, and she was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and our relationship has never been right since. And I've been guilted a lot ever since. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the original sin. Um, that that that's the, I would be kind of bummed out too, because like I I was just hoping that my son would be like the next like you know savant or whatever. But he's like he is not interested. He is not interested in music. Like he'll sing a little bit here and he'll play the uke a little bit, but he is just not. He is not with it. It, it's, it kind of bums me out. He loves gaming, though. I'm just like, God damn it. It's like, you know, well, nothing, there's, that. there's nothing wrong with gaming. And if you could make money gaming, please go make money gaming. But, like, I just, I don't know. Even music. Well, your parents were both musicians, so you, your parents both supported your, your, um, your, your, uh, your want to go into music. Were they supportive of your choices to be a musician? They were supportive. They, um, it's a little bit of a, I guess a little bit of a double-edged sword. Sam, you said we tend to push our unfinished goals on our children. That's um, what they're there for, damn it. And now go clean my toilet, too. My, not a double-edged sword. I don't know what the colloquialism I'm trying to reach for is, but... Mm. They really supported my music, brought me up on music, but our kids that are born from depression era parents. Mm. And so I'm like really glad I went to college. I ended up going to city college. Um, so I didn't incur any debt, which is nice. amazing. Oh, yeah. But they really wanted me to go to college, which I did. I'm glad I went. Um, but they're always kind of encouraged me to, and this really isn't their fault, that to have a, like a backup plan. Mm. And so they were never really like, yes, go for it. Leave your day job. Become a musician. Yeah. Oh, but if it doesn't work, you can always do this. You're really skilled. Yeah. And you have a lot of skills. And, <laughs> and there's something about that approach. And God bless them. Like, mm. And I've said this to them. I'm like, I really want you to support me in what I'm like doing now um a lot of people make livings as musicians yeah um because we also live in a very different era you can you don't have to make a gajillion dollars as a musician but you can like make a full-time income mm -hmm. as an artist who has 500 or a thousand fans like right so yes they were supportive but I think the caveat is I have a little bit of a thing because it's in my personality to want to prove myself as also with my Spartan racing and <laughs> what a great athlete I am. Um, so like I've always wanted to prove to them that I don't need a backup plan. I, you know, I, I'm going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it. See mom. I told you. Well, exactly. And then I quit my day job and like developed a vocal overuse injury. So like that was the whole thing where I was like, oh, shit. 
Maybe I do need a day job just for a little bit. What What did you graduate from college with? Or right, and what What did you go into? What field? Um, music. So music. I got a bachelor, um, a bachelor of fine arts in music with a concentration in audio production. Oh, nice. Well, and that's fun. And and uh, and then what was your last day job then? I um, I worked at a place called the Digital Arts Experience for nine years. Wow. They were a startup who did after school and summer programs for kids and teens in um, like digital arts classes. So anything from like coding, 3D printing, graphic design, video production, um, game design. So that's amazing. That's I was hired to be like an audio instructor, but we ended up gearing much more of our classes toward the whole STEM steam thing when that got really big. Mm. So coding was a big, was a big deal. Yeah. So I ended up like learning like scratch, which is that like the block language from MIT. Yeah. Like where you can like make, can actually make pretty crazy video games with just like block coding so it's like you know start if then else you can do a whole bunch of stuff with it which is kind of crazy but so i taught that for a while and then i ended up in the marketing i ended up like as the head of marketing essentially for the classes and summer camps that's tight. So, so did did you enjoy that job, or were you was that somewhere you're like, oh, this is okay, but I just need to get out and do something else? Well, before my like built my whole home studio, like thanks to in large part my Twitch community, the they had a stu- we had a studio there, so it was like free studio time, um, and I loved my coworkers which was huge. So sometimes I didn't always love my job. I loved like the marketing aspect much more. Um, I didn't always love teaching, but I got kind of good at it. So <laughs> good at dealing with children and, oh, well, that's, and uh, that's a good skill. So if and everything... making games in scratch is actually pretty fun. So <laughs> You're like, I feel like musicians and artists, like if the world does go sideways, it's like, we're going <laughs> to, where do we fit in in all this? It's like we're not doctors or, you know, people who, can, who like electricians or engineers. That's why I'm meeting my friend Freya, who is a doctor, uh, when the world ends. Because then we're going to go. We're, I'm bringing this conversation back to the beginning. Please. We're going to go to the ex-military guy's house where he's got the bunker and the weapons and the food and stuff. Yes. Um, and then I will be the bard that entertains everyone and <laughs> teaches the youth about video games <laughs> and, <laughs> and how to properly protect your vocal cords which is very very useful things um when i'll hunt <laughs> yeah listen i just show me how to use that thing and i'll go out there and shoot me some rabbits i don't care right. no i i yeah I, that, I i know how to grow vegetables <laughs> I will tend the garden. <laughs> I will tend the garden. That's the, those, that's a very that's a very yeah Oregon Trail style. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, it, the, the, there's just there's just skills that like uh, artists that just are not practical, and I think that's part of the reason why 
you know, some parents, especially parents from from whose parent who are children of people from the depression, you know, they always have that idea of like, well, art is very uncertain. And it's very, you know, it's almost untenable in some ways, an unreachable, you know, and people always think of success in the arts as like the cover Rolling Stone magazine or something like that, right? But it really is, uh, success is really just, can you support yourself? Can you, can you do music or can you make paintings and pay rent and, you know, maybe have a... 401k or something i don't know <laughs> just some kind of savings it really comes down to is like what what makes you happy and um if you can do that uh doing it doing the things that you love doing um but it, it, it i i could see why parents get in that mode where it's like i don't especially my mom my mom's an immigrant right she came over here from mm-hmm. from mexico and she's just like you know, this is what I worked my ass off for, for you to go get drunk at the bars every night, just making dog shit for money, <laughs> still hitting me up for cash. Like, is this, is this what I, is this what my family came here and fought for? Ugh. So, you know, it's like, yes, but now I work a real job, a, a, a real job, which I actually really <laughs> like. I, I really like my job job, but it's like, I, I do... I do. I basically have two full-time jobs now, so that's kind of stressful sometimes. But whatever. It's a good time. So mm-hmm. your last job that you had was actually kind of a cool job. Uh, I, it was. I, I dig that. I dig that. And what was the thing that sort of broke – what was the straw that broke the camel's back where it's like, I just got to do music? I've been doing music as a side hustle – I guess, like, I was for, like, that whole time. So, and I I built it up to, like, a pretty good place. And then I sensed that we were, because, you know, COVID changed a lot um, of things. Um, and we we just weren't doing the kind of business that we had been doing. And I don't think it was just COVID, but I think like we really rode at that job. We rode the steam stem wave. Um, and, um, that wave kind of had ran its course and we didn't really have like a new thing in terms of like a really great tool to teach kids because now kids like they can go online and learn coding and now like they know how to take a zoom class and they've all built their own computers (laughs) during the pandemic. So what do they need our technology for? And Mm. so I kind of think, and we didn't really have this like great communal space anymore because of COVID, like Mm. we couldn't host the kids. And that was like, our our little our not gimmick but like a sticking point for us is like bring your nerdy kid in and they can have this community because hmm. like you've got like you know soccer for the sporty kids or whatever like the sports kids you've got this and the 
Glee Club for the singers and like yeah. what do you have for like computer nerds? <laughs> right, right. I mean you have Twitch, which is great. <laughs> right. Right. But for your like eight-year-old who like has no social skills but like really loves Minecraft, right. you brought them to us and they met other kids like that. So like that was a big thing. Wow. And that had to be on the you know, that got kind of um non-existent um and so trying to come back from that was just really hard and my boss like my boss is my age you know Mm. he's in his mid-30s and i think he just got very tired of like trying to resurrect it yeah um so i kind of sensed that that was the direction it was going but i was like if i can like my my thought process was all you know, I'll slowly make my way out. I'll give them as much time as they need. It took us like three months for me to like sort of phase myself out yeah. of operations. Um, I was like, I'll give them as much time as I need. They won't, he won't have to pay my salary anymore. So wow. like maybe that will kind of be, you know, a good thing for them. Um, and, you know, but like, I'll still like, I love them and I like still talk to those guys all the time. So, um, I kind of just sense that like, Hey, this is like a good time in like for everybody. Yeah. Um, so that was, um, that was, um, a good thing. And also I had, um, I had met my significant other around that time and like, we were going to kind of be moving in together. So it just, it made sense because like, I wouldn't have as much overhead as like living by myself. And so oh, it just, yeah. everything kind of coalesced into like the right time. And, um, um, yeah, that's, so that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just happens like that. Sometimes you just find yourself in that role. Like, well, I guess this is what I'm doing now. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm full time this, which I mean, w- there's nothing better than to be able to say it's like, what, what do you, hey, Emily, what do you do? Oh, I'm a musician, full time musician. <laughs> exactly. I'm a pro. I'm a pro. Um, okay, so as we start winding down here, um, I we've had this graphic up here for this whole time. Should we actually listen to the song win? Is that okay to listen to the song? Let's do it. Hey. Ew. Let me see. I wonder. I just canceled my Spotify because I have YouTube Premium. So I'm wondering if I can. Oh, and I totally housed you on the YouTube. <laughs> That's okay. I think we can hear it from your web page. Maybe. Wait a second. What's happening? Oh, I know what's happening. All right. We're going to listen to when hopefully Spotify lets us play it all. And this is from Emily's actual <coughs> website. So, um, yeah. So, everybody, enjoy. And, again, if you are listening to this on the audio, make sure that you are looking at those links in the show notes. And if you're in chat, make sure you're clicking around, guys. Just go click around. Go do that. Why we listen? Wait a second. That's not what I want. All right, here we go. Jeez. There we go. I'm starting to believe that maybe 
Dude, that epic ending, so rad. I love that. Thanks. That, <laughs> uh, mighty, mighty. Thank you so much for gift subbing that. Um, who'd you gift sub it to? Oh, Wow Mom. Wow Mom. Thank you so much for that gift sub to Wow Mom. Uh, oh, wait. Hold on. I got to get back over here. Bam. Anyways, Emily, thank you so much. Adding that to my gaming playlist. You better. You better, Naders. Don't let me down. 
Heck yeah, please do. Everybody add it. We're gonna we're doing another round of links. Make sure y'all are in those links. Get up in them guts of links. Appreciate uh, you. And uh, make sure if you're listening on the audio end that you're up in them guts as well. So yeah, and the shooting range playlist. Yo, that is a good shooting range playlist. Ooh, song. that is a good one. I'm ready for it. <laughs> Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you coming and sharing your time with us. Uh, is there any parting words you'd like to leave us with? Actually, you know what? What's the best advice you've ever gotten? The best advice I've ever gotten? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, don't ever let anyone tell you no who can't give you a yes mm -hmm. what i mean by that is don't let anyone um i guess the meaning behind it is don't let anyone who's like gate who's trying to gatekeep but it's not their gate to keep don't let them tell you no so like i think that can go in in a lot of directions but from from the haters to the people that say you'll never make it, like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. People who are like on the side, like they're they're just some random guy at the bar. You'll never make it. It's like, okay, bro. All right, have another shot, fucking asshole. Excuse exactly. me. What is the Canadian tuxedo? The Canadian. <laughs> you guys don't know what a Canadian tuxedo is? Okay, I'll just show you real quick. Uh, Canadian tuxedo is when all denim. It's all denim. So I'll just give you. Just so you guys can see it. Look, it comes right up. Comes right up. Look, there you go. It's all denim, baby. Look at this Alec Baldwin pick. I love this one. Alan Bald Alec Baldwin. He might go to prison. Who knows? Anyways.